Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. There's a lot going on at the state capitol this morning. We're going to provide some timely updates for you, primarily on the school choice issue. If you haven't heard, there is a fourth special session that's been called. It's already started. Two members of our team are at the capitol this morning for a robust hearing that's going to take place today and also tomorrow actually on the House side. The House has now got a little bit more organized and focused. They've got their own bill, HB1, that's being laid out in committee today. And the sponsor is State Representative Brad Buckley. We'll talk about a little bit of that. Did you watch the presidential debate on the Republican side last night? Got real interesting and started off with a little bit of crossfire, if you will. I might touch a little bit on that today. But we're going to focus a lot on the school choice issue. Look, we had some elections Earlier this week, I'll try to touch a little bit on that. Um, and frankly, you know, our guest today could probably cover all three of those topics just as well as I do. So we're glad to have him on. Before I get into that, though, if you're watching on Facebook, we want you to share your feed. If you're um, you're getting the Facebook feed live, put it into some groups and some chats. Let's have a lot more people a part of this conversation. See, I just did that too. Um, so we can get some timely updates. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. This show has been running for over five years. You can find it on different podcast formats, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that little button, uh, like it, subscribe it, all that good stuff so we can continue to offer this great content to more people. But my guest today is Jeremy Newman. He's the vice president of policy for Texas Homeschool Coalition and one of the most well-recognized fixtures, if you will, at the state capitol for homeschool work for close to a decade. Jeremy has uh, seen many of these things happen and play out through the Capitol. So, you know, while we're cautiously optimistic about, or maybe I should just speak for myself, optimistic about some opportunities we have, when you get into a four special session, you have to wonder if you're starting to run out of time. And so we're going to cover a little bit of that today. Jeremy, thanks for being with us today on the Texas Values Report. All right, I can't hear Jeremy. I don't know if everybody else can. Let's try again. There he yep. is. All right. There's a big mute button on my side, though. <laughs> we got you. I can hear you well. So I imagine the rest of the World Wide Web can, too. Um, Jeremy, listen, you and I have spent a good bit of time together over the years working on legislation working on court cases, a yeah. variety of things that we care about. I know you and, and your leader, Tim Lambert, and all the family over there at Texas Homeschool Coalition care about a lot of issues that we work on as well, pro-life, religious liberty. And But look, a lot of focus right now is what's happening on the Capitol as yeah. we speak today. I was just talking with my team earlier this morning, getting some updates from the state Capitol about the issue of school choice. It appears like there's a, a a legitimate opportunity and chance for something to get done. Let's start there and then let's circle back and we'll get into some of those details. How do you assess the chances? I mean, is this the best opportunity we've had in a decade, if ever, to get school choice of some level done in Texas? I think it definitely is. So, yeah, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years. People have been working on school choice for that entire time and before I got here. And I think we've never been closer than this. And that's not to say it absolutely definitely will happen. Yeah. But uh, I do think we're on the cusp. And, you know, there there are a handful of like the vote margin in the House, which is really the only place yeah. that's kind of holding out on this. The vote margin in the House to get this through is 
pretty slim and you only need a few people to cross over to get it through at this point. Yeah. Well, look, and that's encouraging. And, you know, as we get into November, though, I mean, here we are. It's November 9th. We're in the second week of November. You have to start wondering, though, and this is not for me to suggest um, that we're not still in a strong position to your point that things are going to get really tight, right? That window moving forward could get a little bit tighter as people start to think about Thanksgiving and people find other reasons. And I'm not so worried about people on our side. I'm worried about the other side. We know that Democrats broke quorum a week or so ago. Who knows what they'll be up to? And so the more that we can get focused, but not just focused on getting something passed, making sure we've got a good product. And, and we're not giving away too much, if you will, in order to buy some votes. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. Uh, in order to secure some votes or have some people support something that they probably aren't anyway. I mean, as a matter of fact, you don't have to. The legislature, the Texas House, does not need any help from Democrats on this issue. If all of the Republicans voted for this, and not even all of them, but almost all of them, there'd be enough support. But we know that's not been the case. I mean, there's been you know numerous Republicans that have been holdouts. Some of them have been very vocal about not supporting school choice. And, you know, this isn't all about politics and, and, and counting numbers. It should be about the issue. I think that the, the argument for school choice and the reasons for it are very strong. But the reality is there's been a struggle to get those votes in the House. The Senate has passed bills several times. Yeah. They've been involved in this during the regular session. Um, and so to your point earlier, it's really about what the House is going to do. I think it's encouraging to some level that now the House has a bill you know, I don't know exactly what to think about some of the things we're hearing from Speaker Phelan's office on this issue, uh, but this is a, some movement, um, and I'm hoping it'll get us there. Let's talk about legislation. I know there are two bills. You got the yeah. Senate bill and the House bill, and they're not the same. Whether or not there's some some big differences depends on who out there has read all 177 pages of House Bill 1. But before we get into details, let's just talk big picture from the homeschool perspective. And, you know, our organization has been supportive of school choice since the beginning. People can find out some answers to questions at txparentsmatter.com. But we hear this question from time to time, that the homeschool community or some homeschool people are not supportive of school choice or that homeschoolers have something to worry about when it comes to education savings accounts and school choice measures. Tell us why that's not true. Yeah, so there are two things I would say on that. So the first one is, if you look at the history of homeschooling in Texas and even in the whole country, whole United States, the history of homeschoolers with the state is antagonistic, right? And so it is natural for a homeschool some homeschoolers to have come to this issue with some reticence, right? Of wondering if there's a risk of and and the 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 concern people usually raise is, you know, is the state going to come after us if we have some type of state funded ESA program that homeschoolers can use, and so. Just from that starting point, I would say, like, it makes sense for people to to have that question at the beginning. But then the next thing you have to do is go look at the actual data. Right. And when you go look at how this has played out across the country, we have 35 different states with 80 different programs going back 68 years. And not a single one of them has ever had a homeschool regulation increase come about as a result of those programs. All and right. So I stop. Look, yep, say right. that again. <laughs> We have we have 35 different states that have 80 different school choice programs going back 68 years. Not a single one of them has ever had a homeschool regulation increase come about as a result of that. Okay, so that's going out in our next email. 
Jeremy Newman from Texas Homeschool Coalition says this, and I don't, I'm not su- suggesting we get that question a lot, but it, it it's probably one of the questions that um, you know comes up the the most frequent or or often that we hear. Again, not from a lot of people, but I've right. heard it a couple of different times. And listen, I'm a big supporter of homeschool. Many of us were homeschooling during COVID, right? If you if you're not already, and so and I've worked on court cases to protect homeschoolers. And so I know how precious that right is. And to your point, I can appreciate why some people might be concerned, but the evidence demonstrates there's not any reason to be concerned. Well, there's not anything to suggest that something that you're concerned about is actually going to happen. Doesn't mean you might not still be nervous about it, but we haven't seen any evidence. So, so that would suggest to people, there's not a risk to the homeschooling right because we're going to have school choice. Right. Yes. And the point we've made to people is like, you have to understand that whether we have school choice or not does not affect the integrity of homeschoolers rights, right? Like the legislature can come try and regulate homeschooling anytime they want. They don't need an ESA bill to do that. And this is another thing that's interesting is like, if you go look across the whole country at how homeschool regulations have changed over time, they have across the whole country, they have plummeted yeah. During the same period where school choice programs have proliferated, right? And and whether or not homeschool regulations increase or decrease is not predicted by whether you have a school choice program. It's not even predicted by whether or not it's a red state or a blue state. Like blue states well, tend to- it- And this is what I try to tell people all the time. We're talking with Jeremy Newman, vice president of policy for Texas Homeschool Coalition, the largest homeschool entity in the state of Texas, probably one of the largest in the country. If you look at state-based entities and i say that because you know you and i know there's some factions out there of this homeschool that homeschool group and this isn't an opportunity to say things negative about those groups or be critical my point is some people might receive information from other folks and say yeah but so and so said this i just want people to understand the credibility that your organization has the longevity it has but into your point this is something i've heard and makes a lot of sense to me the same legislators by and large who are supporting school choice in ESAs are some of the most strongest supporters also of school choice, excuse me, of, of homeschooling. And many of them are homeschool parents yeah, themselves. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, you are right. And what's what's really interesting is like, if, if school choice really is a play to get government control of private education, then both sides are confused about which side they're actually on, right? Because <laughs> all of the small government conservatives are supporting it and all of the big government progressives are against it. Yeah. Which it is not. So this is the lawyer in me. How I would tell you to say that if this was were the <laughs> yeah. case, even though it's not right? right. I think about writing briefs in and writing things, um, legal pleadings where we'll we'll make some of these points and say, even if the court was to believe this, even though yeah. we don't think yeah. it's true, you can still get to this outcome here. But anyway, um, so the legislation meeting today, we have our team there on House Bill one. You know, we have had some I'll just say it this way. We've got more confidence in Senate Bill 1 than we do in House Bill 1. There are some differences there that give us some pause. A big focus for our organization has been making sure that religious liberty protections are strong. Now, both bills do have uh, religious liberty protections. We're making some recommendations to the House committee today about how that language could be a little bit better. We've been a part of a coalition from the beginning, including with Governor Abbott, TPPF, and others, on the school choice issue. So 100% 
we want to make sure we get something done. I feel like it's probably not a surprise that we'd have a little bit of, um, you know, wait and see on some of these things in the House because you never know what the Democrats or other people are going to do. I'm I'm optimistic and hopeful. I'm curious, though, Jeremy. I mean, is it safe to say that that Speaker Phelan doesn't support school choice? Is there something there I'm missing? I mean, what do we know about his position on this? So I, I would say two things like there, there's the question of his personal opinion and then there's the yeah. question of kind of uh his position as speaker because there's to there's two degree he has inherited a large amount of opposition that has just always existed in the house that's fair um what i would say is that in the last special and then especially in this one there are two big factors that yeah. tell me that he is serious about either getting it passed or at least you know, opening the lane, allowing people, there to be a vote, allowing yeah. there to be a vote for people who want to get it passed, yeah. which is helpful. Created- now, it certainly appears to me, though, that there's some uh, qualifications or some requirements. There'll be a school choice vote if there are certain things in the bill that yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he's supporting those. I'm not saying there aren't for good reasons. People could make their own, you know, that way they're the Democrats can be on board or they're less criticism or maybe just overall to give some people comfort that this is not going to negatively Im- impact, you know, public schools. Um, and I don't want to get too political in our discussion or, if you will, get into some things that maybe, you know, is a little bit unknown. But I do think these are relevant things to talk about. Yeah. In the grand scheme of what we're dealing with, because the circumstances are different in the House and in the Senate. And we saw this play out last week. Right. Governor Abbott started talking about that there was a deal in the House. Yeah. Then Phelan said, I don't know exactly what he said. That's not true. Or I'm not sure that that's what I said. I mean, there was just some conflicting messaging and it le- leads you to believe what's really going on over there. But yeah. we got a hearing this morning. There's a hearing tomorrow. This is an important time for people across Texas to talk to their House members and say, we're supportive of school choice. Doesn't mean that the details don't matter. That's what our group is focusing on, making sure yeah. safeguards in place and do not jeopardize homeschooling, making sure safeguards are in place that do not jeopardize uh, the freedoms that we have, the the religious freedom, the right for, for private schools to operate based on their own principles. So we will not lose sight of that. And I know you won't either. Um, but in, in general, for people to hear from their House members, hey, we think it's a good idea to get something done on school choice. I think that's an important message right now. Oh, yeah. I think it's super important. And, you know, for today and tomorrow, especially members of the House Public Education Committee or the Select Committee are the ones who need to hear that most. And, you know, presumably we're going to have a House floor vote. We'll likely have a House floor vote in the next few days. And then it's kind of game on. Everybody in the state has a House representative that they should be calling at that point to tell them that they need to vote yes on ESAs. Well, and I think, you know, look, this is, I don't know, you hear that it's a lot of rural Republicans that are holding out. But, you know, you may have a Democrat in your district. Don't think, oh, I'm not even going to bother call them. Call that Democrat. That Democrat might be in a district that's a little bit more of a swing district. A lot of urban school districts. I mean, look at Houston ISD. Okay, I grew up in Houston. I did not go to Houston ISD schools. I went to a school a little bit just outside, which is probably inner city at this point, Galena Park Independent School District. But, you know, that school district has been I mean, it's been a disaster. There's been so many ups and downs. The state had to get involved. I mean, who knows what's going on these days? And so you have a lot of people, though, that live in those areas that are looking for options. Right. So don't think that a Democrat might 
not come to vote. I mean, you. Um, I know that there are discussions with Democrats. I know there are Democrats that are interested in the school choice issue. And so don't feel like, oh, well, there's no reason for me to call my rep because I know how they're going to vote. Don't make any assumptions at this point. Um, a lot of school choice uh, initiatives have moved forward in areas that are more urban and Democrat because of some of the some of the history of those schools not doing as well. Um, Jeremy, I don't want to go too far down the school choice issue and away from sort of homeschooling, but some people might ask, right? You know, why is what is it that benefits homeschoolers and, and the homeschool coalition is involved in this? That school choice has been important to your organization. Yeah, I think fundamentally it's that, you know, everybody in Texas, homeschoolers included, who is not in public school, they currently pay twice for education. They pay taxes to their local school district and they pay a second time for their own children. And that is cost prohibitive for some people. Right. And so the way I view the ESA program is a way to try and distribute the funding of that in a more equal fashion, such that people who are currently paying twice at least don't have to pay as much twice. Right. And so for homeschoolers, the reality is that there are some people who know that there is an option that would be better for their child than where their child is right now, but they can't get there because the system that we have set up includes barriers, in, in this case, primarily a funding barrier that make it difficult to move from one form of education to another, or at least more difficult than it needs to be. And you know, this is not a type of program that's going to be the end of public education or something like that. Like in other states, it's typically about 5% of students who participate in this. But for those students, it's a life-changing thing. And that's why it that's becomes right. important. Well, look, I, I my kids are in private school. I love that I have the option. It's not without sacrifice. And yeah. sometimes that's the belief. People, oh, well, you know, these people have their kids in private school. You know, these are rich people. I mean, many of the families that we're friends with all of them make sacrifices yeah. to go to private school. And, and I, and I'm, and I'm not complaining about that. I'm very uh, grateful that we have made those sacrifices from the beginning. It started when, you know, my kids were very young and just saying, this is going to be a part of the budget. Right. Um, but that can be tough for some families. They, even with that sacrifice, they may not be able to get there or they might, um, they, you know, they might not have that opportunity in the area that they live or they might yeah. be, you know, under some belief that, you know, that's not the best place for them. They've been told different things into where they think, you know, my only option is to be in this school, even if it doesn't do well. And I have some allegiance there. And I just think that that's that's really a shame because not everybody learns the same way. Let's talk about this real quick. This is an article that came out you were quoted in recently, the high withdrawal rates uh, from government schools. Talk to us a little bit about that and why that's so important on this issue. Yeah, so the, the TEA collects data that shows how many students withdraw from public school to homeschool every year. For some reason, they only collect it in grades 7 through 12. But in grades 7 through 12, we currently have 30,000 students per year leaving the public school system to begin homeschooling. If you factored in grade 6 and below, based on other states, we're probably looking at close to 60,000 students per year leaving the public school system to start homeschooling. And I think, you know, it, this is none of this is to say that the public school system doesn't provide an important function for a lot of people, but that's a pretty heavy critique, right? Yeah. To have well, look, it's some indication that it's not working for a lot of yeah, kids exactly. for whatever reason. I mean, for a long time, and I don't know if they're still doing this, Austin ISD was advertising on several billboards 
that how great public schools were yeah. and, you know, yeah. basically come back to our schools because their enrollment numbers were way down. And I don't know if they've even resolved that problem. And so there, there is a trend there for whatever reason. So if, if this is about what's best for kids in education and not just catering to the public school lobby and somehow, you know, it's become, um, you know, some type of judgment on you because you criticize the public school. We got to yeah. break away from that and just, you know, entertain the idea and and accept it that kids learn differently in different environments. And they and and look, the money should follow the child. I'm a big believer in yeah. that, right? Yeah. And and in many of these situations, whether it's Senate Bill One or House Bill One, the the public school is going to get some money whether the kid goes to their school or not. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of these bills include like they leave a portion of the funding at the public school when the child leaves. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm like for that alone, if you're like a public school person who you're like, it's all about the public school and that's what you're supposed to be defending. That's that's kind of a good deal. I mean, not yeah. kind of it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. All right. Well, listen, we're about to run out of time. Um I think the key continues to be what's going to happen in the House. We know the Senate's ready. We know that the governor's ready. That's not suggested the House is not going to get there, but they haven't yet. We scored the our um, affiliate organization, Texas Values Action, we scored several votes during the regular session that I'm sure some members may not have been happy about um, that related to school choice measures. And so that remains to be seen. But there is enough time, even yeah. before Thanksgiving, for us yeah. to get this done. I'd be hopeful that um, if not, we'll be there. I know I know your team will. We're going to hear what happens today. People can go to our website, social media, find some insights and connections. And we'll post the, the live video, too, of the House hearing, the Senate here. Excuse me, the House hearing, I believe, is a two day. I don't know exactly how they're splitting that. But check for updates also for our good friends on Twitter at THSC. What's the website URL if people want to go to your website? THSC.org. THSC.org, Texas Homeschool Coalition. Jeremy Newman has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. All right. I was having such a great time in the conversation. I didn't leave a lot of time left for some commentary and some other issues. So let me go quick. Two big events that we're having, all right? On November 30th in Houston, speaking of public schools, someone who got fired from a public school for praying, another reason why a lot of people have concerns and they want to look for options. Coach Joe Kennedy is going to be our keynote speaker in Houston. Our good friends at Texas Homeschool Coalition are sponsoring our event as well. We thank you, Tim Lambert and all the crew over there. But go to txvalues.org forward slash events or just go to our homepage, txvalues.org. I believe there's a link there. Get your tickets today. We're already getting a surge in interest. We put up some new graphics, some new information and we're excited about that. Wonderful sponsors over there at uh, November 30th in Houston. Senator Mays Middleton, Representative Valerie Swanson, our good friend Christian Collins, many others on that host committee. If you're in the North Texas area, come to our event on December 6th with Riley Gaines. Man, is that woman all over the place. Every time I look on social media and, uh, and look at the news, Riley is right in the middle of it. This is the, the female swimmer, the award-winning swimmer, who was forced to compete against a male in sports and now is, I would say it's safe to say, the leader of the Save Women Sports Movement. She's also doing work with Independent Women's Forum, Leadership Institute. She's going to be there in person on December 6th. Conservative talk show host Mark Davis is going to be our MC. I'm going to be on his show in a week or so. So is Riley talking about the event and some of the current events going on. Kelly Shackelford. 
board member of Texas Values and the CEO of First Liberty Institute will be a special guest there. We're going to give out an award in his name, which we do every year. The events in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and in Houston area, we're going to recognize our faith and family champions from the House and Senate, from the uh, the the stage at both of those events. So these are members of the legislature that scored 90 and above during the most recent legislative session. That does not include votes taken during the special sessions, only during the regular session. I know there's a bill going to Governor Abbott's office, speaking of reg- special sessions that Texas Values supported. This is a, um, a new bill that makes it clear that you as an employee cannot be forced uh, to violate your beliefs on vaccines. So there can't be forced vaccine mandates against you in these settings. Tremendous victory. Looking forward to Governor Abbott signing that. I think that's being signed tomorrow, according to a member of the legislature I saw on social media. So thank you, Greg Abbott, uh, Jeff Leach, I believe in the House and um, in the Senate. I'm going to have to go look at it. I believe it was Mays Middleton. If I'm wrong, we'll we'll put a correction on that, but I believe that was correct. Uh, So a victory there, but school choice hanging in the balance. Great opportunity. You know, 30 other states have done it. Texas needs to be next. There was a huge, uh, a big uh, Republican primary debate last night. Sparks were flying, all right, between Nikki Haley and Vivek. And also you had uh, Ron DeSantis get in some good points there. A lot of good discussion. You can see some of that on social media. The life issue came into play. Some really disappointing results over in Ohio. Some disappointing results. Um, across the country on these issues. There's going to be a big ballot issue on the life issue uh, next year in Arizona. We got to get organized folks on the pro-life side and figure out how to deal with these things at the ballot issue. The issue is strong, but something is not transferring when people go to decide to vote on that. So we're going to see what we can do to help with some of our friends in our state family policy council network. Listen, a lot of reasons we just helped so many people be in a position to be informed for this past election through our partnership with iVoterGuide. We need your financial support as we get close to the end of the year. Make your plans now or make that donation today. Go to our website, txvalues.org. We're a 501c3 nonprofit Christian organization. So we appreciate your support. Make that donation today at txvalues.org. And that's how together we can protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.